I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbach. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Welcome to the Two Read Pile, where Jason and I tackle any other comic book we got laying around that we've been meaning to read, or a movie, or a book. Sometimes we read books, people. Like, come on. We're literate. Yeah. I hate that that rumor is going around that we're not literate. Yeah. I don't know how it started because I can't read about how it started. Anyway, the... The point is, this is the to-read pile where we're going to tackle some stuff that we've been thinking about reading for a while, uh, non-Batman related or Batman related. I, you know what? We're doing this again. <laughs> I got. I, I have to like write a actual to-read pile intro. I need to figure. I need to suss this out. Whatever. We're using this one. There's yeah. Amazon affiliate links. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a good. I mean, I, th- I think this should be the one every week. <laughs> this is the one. Fuck yeah. me. <laughs> We're running such a shoddy operation here, Jason. <laughs> There's Amazon affiliate links for uh, any of the books that we are talking about for this podcast in the description. But always, always visit your local comic shop first. Okay. Also, this this show is on YouTube, youtube.com slash Nick Phil where you can get pieces of art on all the books that we're talking about uh, during your podcast. So if you prefer that platform or you want to see some art, check it out over there. Otherwise, strap in because we're about to find out what Jason's been reading. Jason, Ah. what are you reading? I've actually been reading. I thought that this was going to be a like phoning it in thing, you know, Mm -hmm. for me. Uh, but then I was like, well, wait a minute. I have been reading Starman and I have been wanting to finish the series. And so I've mm-hmm. been reading it more again. But I was like, oh, I already brought Starman. And I'm like, and then I'm like, well, wait a minute, Jason, you dingus. Like, it's there's a lot of issues. Like, you can't just. There's a lot of Starman. Yeah. Like, you don't have to wait to the end of the series to talk about it again. I've been chipping away at uh the same man mystery theater bringing a little yeah. bit every time so yeah yeah by all that's, means. What, that's what made me think of it i'm like wait a minute that's what nick's doing with <laughs> mystery yeah. theater so mystery mystery theater is in a compendium just like starman is uh these are giant like phone books nobody i just realized nobody remembers phone books these are very thick <laughs> books and uh they're 30, I think they're 36 issues long. I picked up they're the like, Tom Strong one too, by the way, but I oh, haven't I haven't started reading it. Fuck yeah, I gotta read Tom Strong again. Oh god. Yeah, Tom yeah. Strong's great. Yeah, I didn't mean to derail you. Continue. No, no, well, no, instead of phone book size, at least within this context, to anybody listening to or watching this, they'll understand this. It's Akira sized. These there you go. They're uh, yeah. the, about the size of each volume of Akira. There you go. But yeah, I've been reading uh been reading Starman again and uh it's still really really good. Like really <laughs> really good. It there there's still some stuff that's kind of like uh wobbly slash doesn't really age well, but uh is what do you, also What do you mean? Like art well, art wise or writing wise? Well, there's like because it's the 90s, there's a um well, all right. So, like, the arc that I just finished was uh, began with um, this guy Michael or Mikhail, spelled M I K A A L. Okay. At one point, was a star man of some sort. There's, it's already established. There's been a bunch of different star men like across the universe and at different times okay. on Earth as well, and 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 all of that. But he's this like blue alien. And when you first meet him in the series, he you meet him in a, in a circus and he's like mute and he's part of like a sideshow, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but he's like super powerful. And, you know, in the middle of this arc, there's a, an origin story for Mikhail, which he apparently comes from. And this is all told in the 70s when he's decided to stop being a superhero and just do a lot of drugs and go to discos. Right, 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 right. Which is fucking great. <laughs> An attractive, an attractive alternative to fighting in the street, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And he has, like, you know, no memory of, like, where he's from. And apparently 
He's from a race of alien people who have a biological need for conquest. Oh, okay. Okay. And was, and was like supposed to like scout out and soften up Earth for them. But he um, turned on them when his lover, who had what they called a sickness, which was not the need to conquer and kill, <laughs> tried to stand up for the Earth and save them. And then she was killed. And then he just decided to lay waste to their entire race because they came after <laughs> oh. him. Oh, some casual yeah. genocide. <laughs> yeah. So apparently this guy explaining this to him is like, yeah, we're the last two left. And then they fight to the death in each other's minds. Okay. Which is like freaking great. Yeah. Uh, the, there's a ghost pirate that shows up that oh, befriends. You're, um, you're selling me hard on this, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that, that befriends Starman because he, he recognizes him of how much of a hero he is. And he's like, oh, maybe he can finally help me finish my unfinished business so I can move on. Yeah, you know? sure. Uh, and he helps Starman out and he's like in it. There's uh, Batman shows up because there's a really nice uh, Solomon Grundy story. Oh, because, really? Yeah, because in this Solomon Grundy is like really, really nice and like sort of like a simple person. Uh, yeah. And but just really a really sweet guy. And so there's been all of this tension on like what to do with him because a lot of the heroes, a lot of like the older heroes, like Starman's dad, like the original Starman is like, yeah, he's he, he's been living with Starman's dad because he, they're like, well, he's not the guy who murdered these other people. Like he's very clearly right. something else because he's like a, a, a swamp entity. You know, this is my favorite version of Grundy, by the way. This, yeah. It's similar to uh, Justice League Unlimited, where like uh, Grundy, like kind of had this weird relationship with a uh, hawk girl not a relationship relationship but like just like he kind of put a little trust in her and yeah, start, yeah. Like, kind of stopped running amok and uh yeah. it's just very very enjoyable it's just like good character stuff like what do we do with him now you know yeah yeah you get and you get a great explanation into like all of those like different like facets and it's like you know, whenever he quote unquote like goes back to the swamp and re mm -hmm. you know, revives, he's a different aspect of one of his personalities. Oh, that's, that's really that's a really interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And the um, been enjoying a lot the character Shade that they mm -hmm. use, who's essentially like a god. <laughs> he's essentially yeah. like a dark god, and he can do whatever he wants. And there's even some earlier issues where it shows like i don't know how many tens of thousands of years into the future like earth is like a distant memory and he's like telling the stories of starman you know of like <laughs> like shade still there because you know yeah right 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 oh man i'm a, I'm a sucker for those kinds of stories too the ones where um hulk stories where it's like he's outlived like the planet and it's just like a rock floating in space and he's just yeah. like well i guess i'm just still here yeah <laughs> Every, everything else is gone the yeah. heat of the universe happens and the hulk's like well <laughs> guess hulk is still here yeah yeah the character is written even though he has these godlike powers sometimes he's there sometimes he's not sometimes he cares sometimes he doesn't and i think it's written really well because it's it's handled really well because you can if a character is god you can do anything but also like if someone was god they might not care <laughs> because sure yeah yeah this, yeah this entity knows they're gonna live for tens of thousands of years so like right they can kind of pick and choose you know yeah it's it's just been really really good you got drugs starman fucks um <laughs> finally finally yeah there's a uh, um he literally, <laughs> so there's this harrowing thing that they do to try to save uh, Solomon Grundy with, they go into his brain, they have to employ the help of Batman because mm -hmm. Batman brings a villain who's locked up in Arkham, who's like a plant-based villain, who I'm forgetting the name of right now, um, who helps them like, you know, get into Grundy's mind to like save him, you know? Yeah. 
And at one point, like the original person that was Solomon Grunt before, you know, he got turned into Solomon Grundy is like trying to like sow discord among uh, there's uh, Starman. There's the original Green Lantern. Who's oh, Alan known Scott. By, yeah. Alan Scott known by a different name, uh, Sentinel or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Point. Cause he's, he's lost his ring in the zero hour. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so Starman, Alan Scott, Batman. <laughs> the, only reason, the only reason I know it is because I read all those terrible fate books, and he's in a lot of them. <laughs> and those fate <laughs> books are not terrible, all right? On the record <laughs> as pro-fate. <laughs> but also... <laughs> but also absolutely terrible. Don't, don't read them, but definitely read them. <laughs> So one thing that didn't age well, but I appreciated the cleverness of it and the what must have been really clever at the time. But there, he's he's trying to sow discord right among this group, and sure. um, and Batman's in this group, and they're trying to he's trying to sow discord by asking Starman, the new Starman, who his favorite superhero is, and he's like, well, you know, because there's Alan Scott there, but then there's Batman, right? Right. And and he's like, well he makes a Woody Allen reference and he goes, Oh, well, you know, like when people say, what's your favorite Woody Allen movie? And everyone goes, Annie Hall or Manhattan, the things you're supposed to say. But he's like, but mine is like, you know, some like different one. And he asks like Alan Scott, like, come on, what are yours? And he goes, I've always been partial to this one, you know, and like gets him to like admit it. And then even the, the, the guy who was a plant, you know, Mm -hmm. who's like from the swamp, yeah, yeah. Who has like, a favorite has Woody it. Allen movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and they get to Batman. Of course, Batman's like, this is ridiculous. I'm not into any of that, you know, and like doesn't For like sure. this like yeah. Gen Xer, like yada, yada. But then at the end of the, the, the second part, like as Batman's leaving, he's like, actually, my favorite Woody Allen movie is Crimes and Misdemeanors. And he's like, I knew it. I knew, I knew you had a favorite. And so I'm like, all right, the whole Woody Allen of it, obviously doesn't age well at all sure yeah forever him 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 being a sex pervert sure yeah 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 yeah. but it was it was a good gag it's really it's i'm still really enjoying it a lot and i really look forward to like probably after this i'll probably put on some music and just read it till till bedtime you know yeah is it comes in um two compendiums right or is it just the one uh two I've, i've still i've been reading it online i'm gonna pull the trigger soon on um i'm just gonna buy the the trades because the compendiums like to actually read them yeah you know like i don't mind it i'm such i'm such a hypocritical comic book nerd because i say this but like you know i'm staring at a shelf with like anders nielsen's big questions that's like a thousand pages like berlin that's like like, a thousand pages the compendium in my lap is too big yeah, yeah, I'm like staring at all these like giant Julia Wurtz's uh, Tenements, Towers, and Trash, which is also a great book. It's this huge, like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, like, okay. I understand your feeling of like, I don't want to take out this giant tome and like read Starman, but the compendiums are soft cover and there's like no extras. So they're, they're 36 issues, soft cover, like, bound uh they're made to to be read is what i'm saying they're not okay. they're not hard covers there's no ribbon in between them or anything like that you All know right. like so, it, yeah does, does it actually fold open well because yeah, that's the it thing does. that it does all right all right Cause, yes because because shout out to, to to jeff smith getting jeff smith i hope you're feeling better up yeah man for, fuck for getting it done. Uh, I think I'd mentioned it before, but like, I remember reading that when he did the full complete bone collection mm-hmm. that, um, he couldn't find any normal publisher of comic books, like printer of comic books that would like do it because they're like, we don't know how to publish that many pages in one volume. That's crazy. <laughs> and then he said, he thought to himself, wait a minute, I bet someone who prints a lot of Bibles will know how to do this. Oh, really? Yeah, so he went to a printer that would like mainly print like Bibles and other like big religious books in various different forms of covers of hard That's or soft. Really or, funny. 
And I'm like, that's such a good idea. Cause like, yeah, yeah you want it like open in your hand. Like you want it to be readable. Yeah. 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 Uh, I hate, I hate having pieces of story sucked into the crack and like, you can't see it at, especially when it's like a double page spread and the focus is in the middle and then it just gets eaten by the crack of the page. You know, I'm not an editor. Right. And like layouts can be really tough. And I don't sure. know how to to square that circle of having uh, an issue of a comic have a kick-ass double-page spread. But yeah. the artist making it with like, yeah, it's going to be in a 32 to 34 or 22-page book. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Not, not within like... 800 pages because like (laughs) by by the way uh i feel like i've i've been around a lot of people talking about bone lately for some reason like it's just been i feel like it's been constant and i feel like i gotta i gotta jump back in i haven't read bone since i was (sighs) end of college like it's been a long long time and uh, I remember it being like one of the best books I've ever read. And I think it holds up like a lot of people are still talking about it in like, you know, hushed, reverent tones. So I don't know, man, I have my copy, my black and white copy, and you can get like the full bone story for like 35 bucks, like black and white shipped to your house. You don't have to get like all the I, they recolored it or they colored it for the first time yeah. in like a uh, graphic novel. So it's like many volumes, but like, man, for my money, it's the black and white stuff. Oh yeah. Jeff Smith's art is, is fan fucking tastic. Um, yeah. But I think he also probably knows this judging by uh, the stuff he's published since like uh Razzle, which is really good too. Uh, but his stuff just sings so much better without color, you know? Yeah, it's it's tough to color for sure. You you got to be yeah. you got to be very good at color to get it to work right. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like um, like Charles Vess, who I've always adored. Like if there's only like a handful of other people I've seen color his work other than himself mm-hmm. and like ha- like make it work. You yeah, know, and yeah. and that's on on the other way, other end of like stylistically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very different. Know. But didn't Charles Vest do the rose one shot for uh, Bone? He did. He did. So still kind of connected. Yeah, there's um a new stupid stupid Rat Tales that came out that apparently. Oh. Uh, has some uh, amazing artists in it, and I I never got the first one. Um, I think that I had snootily been like, oh, well, the, the real bone is this and all the other stuff's extra. They're just trying to cash grab me. I, I think I was just being a, you know, a 20 year old jackass. Mm. Uh, but I think that that stuff's probably worth reading. And oh, uh, totally maybe if is. I jump back on the bone train, uh, I will track down stupid, stupid rat tails in the new one. But Bone Bone still has one of my favorite, well, it has a bunch of my favorite gags, like in anything, honestly, be it comics, movies, yeah. like TV shows, like there are gags I try. I, I still to this day, because there's a running gag in the story that uh, two of the rat creatures, um, one of them is obsessed with quiche. And the other yeah. one is upset that he it's like we're big hairy monsters. We don't like stuff like, like stop, quiche. stop talking about quiche. Yeah. yeah. And so anytime I see quiche anywhere at anything on a menu in a restaurant, I'm like, <laughs> rat creature. Uh, and and then anytime. Boom, by the way, yeah. Bone, by the way, safe for all ages. Like if you're oh, looking yeah. for a book for anyone, Bone yeah. will will be a good pick. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is anytime it snows really heavily, I always think of the last page of the first issue, uh, which I used to have some of the, uh, not the original pressings, but I used to buy it in uh, the issues when it was like coming out um, Mm -hmm. where like 
you know, he's told like, you know, better find shelter. Winter comes quick around here. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, nine yeah. Hand, like him just sitting there and you just see the shadow and then just like, like 10 inches of snow at once. Just whoomp. Yeah. Like just, a blanket. Yeah. yeah. Just, I just love the, just the beautiful timing of the shadow coming mm-hmm. down. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, expert Chuck, cartooning. Oh yeah. Chuck Jones would have loved that gag. Chuck yeah. Jones would have, yeah. would have given that like, yeah. But we have, we kind of got off the reservation of my but Starman is what I've been reading. Okay, all right. <laughs> Just to- man, I gotta I gotta jump into some Starman stuff eventually. I have too much to read on my plate currently, but I'm like, someday I'm gonna get around to Starman and I'm gonna really like it, and I'm gonna be like, Jason, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> and just real real quick on the bone thing because I looked it up. Um, I think a lot of people were talking about it because bone first came out in 1991 and that was Mm. 32 years ago but maybe there was something because of pandemic or something like that there was like a 30th celebration of like could just be that it's a great book that anybody in comics is enjoying at all times yeah Yeah. (laughs) and and also jeff smith is a little bit of a like uh He's someone I've always super, super admired because mm-hmm. he not only is Bone this amazing, like, I'm sorry to be ranting about Bone right now, uh, this amazing all ages book. I think one of the best American comics, like, made and, like, probably ever. It's got to be up there, honestly. Yeah, it's got to be up there. Um, and he self published it. Yeah. He self-published the whole thing because at the time, especially, there wasn't anybody who would yeah. have let him do this weird fantasy meets Carl Barks meets Pogo, you know, Walt yeah. Kelly, like grand, like tale. And so he, the crazy man, the madman just did it himself. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure he had like, I think him and his wife ran the publishing company and still do cartoon books, but like, yeah. You, you know, like still like. Sure. Yeah. That's so badass. That's so mm-hmm. like it, because mm-hmm. it's like it's not even like, oh, my comic book's too dangerous. And like, you know, <laughs> a fe- like sure. I, sure. I got to put it out. My, it's like, no, no, I, I want to tell this really uh, fun fantasy story. But also uh, I'm obsessed with uh, with Pogo and Walt Kelly and old Carl Barks, Scrooge McDuck stories yeah. so and, and i can't there sell too. this to to vertigo you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't want any of this they don't want any of this yeah yeah so uh, but anyway that's enough about me and my shit what about you and your shit what have you been reading jason you feel that right the chill in the night the fog hangs unnaturally on the moors and or graveyards and or ancient long rotting insane asylum Hang on to your nuts because it's about to be spooky season. And yes, Jason, spooky season will take your nuts. That's widely known. What isn't widely known is what lurks inside. Not the nuts, of course. I'm talking about something else. Do you dare enter the house of mystery? (laughs) I do. I I read House of Mystery comics. Nice. Uh, I did, not the nuts, of course. Like, oh, no, no. Yeah, those, those are long gone. <laughs> those are long gone. Spooky yeah. season has taken them. Uh, yeah. So I read some House of Mystery comics. Uh, I bought one of the things I'm trying to do as the year is starting to wind down is go through previous posts of like, I bought all these comics and see what ones I've bought this year, but I haven't read. I'm trying to like knock those off. So I read I bought a bunch of House of Mystery from a shop in uh, the Tampa Bay area around Christmas last year. And then like most single issues, they get bagged and boarded, they get put in a box, and then I totally forget about them. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read these 50-year-old books. Uh, and, and you know, I, I did that and I enjoyed them. And then I started digging into like House of Mystery in general And bear with me, because I kind of want to go through some House of Mystery history here, uh, because I feel like it kind of parallels DC Comics history and um, also 
comics in general in like kind of a weird way. It's like a weird because it ran for so, so long that it's this kind of odd thing. And I just wanted to talk about it. So House of Mystery, for anyone who doesn't know, is a horror anthology series. And it started in 1951 with issue one. Oh, damn. Um, The comics code came out in 1954. So it's pre-code when it starts. So, yeah. So they're doing werewolf stuff. They're doing like all kinds of stuff that like the code would not approve of. Yeah. I didn't realize it was, it was that old. I always assumed it was part of like the sort of seventies comics, like faux horror boom, you know, like burn the man thing and like, right. Right. All all that stuff. No, I mean, it thrived in the seventies and I'm going to talk about that in a second, but it started in 51 pre-code, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So Comics Code came along in 54, and the series shifted to a more sci-fi kind of thing to keep the Comics Code on the books and so that the industry would kind of self-regulate so that they didn't have the government coming in and regulating. It was a big moral panic with the Hayes Code and the Comic Code Authority and all that stuff. We've talked about it before on this. Yeah, yeah. Frederick Wertham can eat a dick. Yep. Forever and ever. Mm-hmm. So it's it shifts to sci-fi stuff, robots, monsters at the center of the earth or space, that kind of thing. Um, they're complying with the code. Uh, House of Secrets. Here's a little a little fun fact about the sister book to House of Mystery, House of Secrets. Issue 83 in 1970, they uh, kind of pushed at the code a little bit because unexpectedly, because Marv Wolfman's name is Wolfman. And they put in the credits for the book uh, written by a wandering wolf man. And the code was like, we don't like this. You, you have to pull this. And they're like, that's his name. And so they started putting in actual like writer Marv Wolfman. And when you look back at, at some of these older books, a lot of them like don't have any credits at all. Or like the artist will sign in a place and then you have to kind of like figure it out from there. Uh, And this was kind of, I think, part of the start of them being like, we just got to credit everybody. Like, let's just start putting credits in. Man, I'm just now realizing my severe hole in my comic book history. I really got to fill fill that in. Let me let me help fill you, Jason. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So in the mid-60s, at issue 143, it switched um, to a John Jones book, a Martian Manhunter book. And then that ran for a little while. He had a backup in Detective, and that got pulled into House of Mystery. That ran for a little while. Um, And then it became uh, Dial H for Hero. It was the uh, first appearance of the dial and and all that stuff. Are you familiar with Dial H for Hero? It's a it's a relic in the DC universe that is a literal dial. It looks like a rotary dial and you spin it and it gives you a random superpower as well as changing you completely into a hero. So like like the the hook of the book is that like a kid gets it and he's like he doesn't know what kind of hero he's going to be. And he's kind of like figures it out on the fly kind of thing. That's a fun idea. Yeah, it is a fun idea. Uh, Dial H for Hero uh, started with issue 156. However, at 174, in 1968, EC Comics veteran Joe Orlando was hired by DC to take over as editor for House of Mystery. And he got his start as an assistant for Wally Wood in the 50s and uh, started working in EC Comics. He gets first published work um, at EC Comics at $25 a page. He reprints um, some old horror stories for House of Mysteries 174. And then in 175, it's all new content. He added Kane the Caretaker, Kane and Abel being House of Secrets, House of Mysteries. Yep. Uh, he added Kane the Caretaker to the book to introduce the stories. Um, Joe ends up leaving the book. So he started at 174. He leaves at 257. So he has a huge run. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a pretty decent run. <laughs> In May of 81, at 292, Karen Berger becomes the editor. It's her first book she's editing. For people who don't know, Karen Berger 
ran Vertigo and then also ran DC for a time, like is instrumental for like more adult books happening in like the 80s. Also, also Karen Berger was the editor and early champion because it wasn't it wasn't, you know, no one knew it was going to be as big as it was of Sandman. Sandman and and Swamp Thing. Yeah, but Sandman, though, prominently features as characters Cain and Abel. Yep. Who, who yep. live in it all Dream. Connects. That's, it all connects. I never realized. I wonder if Neil Gaiman always planned that or at first started that as a little nod to Karen Berger and then was like, wait a minute, these guys might actually these guys, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's fucking so that's great. the so that's the first book she's editing for DC. She starts to experiment with the format a little bit, um, and rather have anthologies. She Big starts a longer down. story, a longer story called "I dot 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 Vampire," written by uh, J M Dematis, who Good I worked shit. with on uh, Justice League Infinite, uh, the yeah. tie-in for the Justice League book. Uh, yeah, great guy. Yeah, I know so, J M Dematis. Well, I mean, I. You know, I know his work. House of Mystery run, the run ends at issue 321. So it ran for a heck of a long time. Yeah. Nearly all of the regular anthology issues um, have a wraparound with uh, Kane telling us about the stories and giving us two horror tales per issue. There's a letter column with Kane responding to the letters like and it's it's usually an editor or, or a writer at DC playing Kane responding to these letters and the and it becomes very uh, aggressive with each other between the people writing in and Kane's responses it's very very good that's um, that's so much fun that's that's like that's like the uh like <laughs> how some people don't understand that like like someone who's a professional wrestler. Right. It's very would, professional wrestling. Yeah. With like how much they actually love getting booed. Like when their right. job is to right. be the heel, they're right. like, yeah. and how much fun fans have like screaming at, you know, like right. being part yeah. of it, like drink it. In. Like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's so great. That's so great. Sometimes, sometimes uh, depending on the issue, you also get Kane's game room where it's kind of a lighthearted strip with a horror vibe. Uh, a lot of those early ones done by Sergio Argones, which oh. is fucking rad. Oh, yeah, that's um, what you were uh, sending me the other day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Sergio is famous for uh, Gru the Wanderer, um, a mainstay in comics, uh, a legend in the field. Yeah. Have you ever so, seen video? I'm sorry. To, have you ever seen oh, video no, go ahead. Of, of that maniac draw? Because no, it's I just, haven't. It's just penned straight to the paper. Oh, I believe it. He's it's, been drawing forever. <laughs> no, I know. Like, I realize that. That's but like it's like mastercraft still... stuff. Oh, yeah. It's still amazing. It's still yeah, amazing. Like... Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> so let me let me tell you about uh, various imprints and, and uh, reprints and stuff in case you want to get a hold of some House of Mystery. The first issue got a quote-unquote millennium edition reprint under vertigo i assume that I, I don't know when that got printed but uh they just reprinted the first issue i will say that if you are tracking down that first issue it's extremely wordy it's 1951 you gotta keep in mind that comics as a medium is like 20 years old because <laughs> it's a lot of text a lot yeah. of explaining what's happening on the page yeah, that happens for a while in in, in comic books. Yeah. Uh, in 1986 and 87, DC puts out a spinoff called Elvira's House of Mystery, where she takes the role as Kane and introduces the story. Issue three actually dropped the comics code because of, quote unquote, significant implied nudity. <laughs> DC did not consider this issue a success. However, they were experimenting at the same around the same time, um, dropping the code elsewhere in Swamp Thing and The Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen. In 98, 
DC printed a one shot with modern color on the cover called Welcome Back to the House of Mystery, featured uh, 10 stories that were uh, selected by an editor, um, Alisa, I'm going to butcher this name, Quitney, and then featured a cane wraparound by Neil Gaiman and Sergio Argones. So that is worth tracking down. Sergio Argones, he draws uh, Cain and Abel. He draws the Phantom Stranger. Uh, it's very enjoyable. I, I read that. I read that one. It's really, really great. Um, I didn't read I the see. ten stories within it, but it's it's a th- it's a thick single issue. That uh, I wanna, yeah, I want I want to see Sergio Argones just redraw all of Sandman. <laughs> same same dialogue, same. I'm, Jason, I'd probably I'd, like it better. I probably would. <laughs> anyway, in 06, uh, 2006, DC started to reprint um, the series under the showcase banner. These were uh, like phone book size, black and white, like cheap, um, but like packed with old comics. They're like experimenting. Um, Marvel did the same thing around this era with uh, Essential, I think they yeah. called it. Yeah. So it was like Central Fantastic Four in Volume One, and it was like all the the Kirby stuff, you know, when he was getting started on the run. So, yeah, yeah. so DC's doing this with the Showcase Banner. This is your best bet to like getting into the series on the cheap because you get it's three volumes, and you get from issue one hundred and seventy four when it starts being horror again, and Joe Orlando takes over to 226 um which is most of the joe orlando run he ended uh 257 so it's it's missing like 25 books um the house of mystery john jones stuff and the house of mystery dilates for hero stories also got reprinted under showcase but not under house of mystery they got their own it's just like dilates for hero showcase you know they rebooted house of mystery in 08 with a 42-issue run with two annuals written by uh, Layla Sturgis and Bill Willingham. In 2011, the Steve Ditko Omnibus, uh, Volume 1, included some House of Mystery stories that he did. In 2012, the I, Vampire stories from uh, House of Mystery 290 to 319 were collected in an I, Vampire collection. And then in 2020, DC collected seven issues of House of Mystery in a book they called DC through the eighties, the end of an era. So those are all the reprints. If I, if I were to give anyone advice who wants to get into this horror anthology, I think tracking down the showcase ones is probably your best bet. They're out of print now, but they're not expensive. They're like 30 bucks a pop. So we talk about what I read. I, and I told you to strap in and I meant it because like, this is a lot. There's a lot because every single issue has like multiple artists. I had to like hunt down credits because some of these like just didn't have credits on them and stuff. So strap in. I read issue 179 that came out March 1969. This is considered a key issue because it is the first professional work from Bernie Wrightson. Covered by Neil Adams. uh, The welcome... Welcome from Kane by Joe Orlando. Sour Note is by Eel Nelson Birdwell and Jerry uh, Grandinetti. I'm just realizing now I'm looking at like an entire page of like just credits, like literally an entire page. I don't know if we should get into all these. I don't know if that's good audio. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I don't think you need to. I mean, I think. OK, I think the- let me let me just pick out some some that I liked. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. So out of that out of that issue, The Man Who Murdered Himself, written by Marv Wolfman, drawn by Bernie Wrightson, first professional work from Bernie Wrightson. God damn. Uh, yeah, it's a story about a man who like murders himself in order to create fake identities because he has this house that like people that like has a curse to it. So he's like evading the curse by changing his identity and murdering himself. Basically it's uh, very, very enjoyable. I read uh, issue 220 came out December, 1973, the hunter by John Albano and Alex Nino. Are you familiar with Alex Nino at all? 
No, I don't think so. He is a legendary, I think, Filipino artist. Um, and I noticed that Joe Orlando was pulling in a lot of uh, non-American. I mean, I don't know if they were American or not because we live in a melting pot. But like, he's pulling in a lot of artists from a lot of different backgrounds, which I, I really loved. Um, the Hunter is a book or is a story about a guy who hunts a bunch of big game and then he gets bored of it. And so he gets into demonology and he starts hunting demons and he and he like meets the guy who wrote all the texts that he's using to hunt demons. And he's like, we're going to go kill the devil. And so they go to hell. <laughs> so it's a big game hunter versus the devil. Get in, loser. We're going to go kill the devil. <laughs> kill the devil. Exactly. Exactly. Alex Nino does these dreamlike. It's beautiful, beautiful art, dreamlike stuff, a little Vambode like inspired. Oh, yeah, I was just looking at some of it. That that looks great. And I was gonna say though, like just I think credit to like um because Orlando like was J- Joe or Jordan. I'm already forgetting Joe. Joe. His, if if he came from EC and especially like you know came up under Wallywood, like. Mm-hmm. It, EC, like one of the reasons why uh, the rest of uh, comic book publishers fucking hated them because, well, they were outselling all of them at the time at their well, height. Yeah. But also, like, they had the best artists because their editors and people who worked there and their publisher knew talent and knew how to get it, you know, yeah. and like knew where to look. And so, like, it's not, it's not that shocking to me that, like, even at at this time, you know, like, like Joe Orlando's pulling in some quote unquote unknowns. He's like, let's let's give Bernie Wrightson a shot. Let's give Alex Nino a shot. Yeah, and because he's probably like looking in, because he's probably also like a huge fan of comics still, and is like yeah. reading comics from this place, from this country, from that country. Like even if right. it doesn't have right. like uh, words he can understand, he just wants like. You know, yeah. I don't care if it's yeah. in another language. I want to, you know, so it's just right, right. Not, not that shocking, but this, this guy's art is freaking fantastic. Yeah, very, very uh, dreamlike. And also, he's, he's the, the issue that I read was December 1973. And it's like, man, people were like putting some fire down on the page in 1973. It's like, we have no excuse for the nineties. Like what happened in the nineties? It should not have happened. We knew better. We knew better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the nineties were anyway, time. Anyway, I also read, um, uh, issue two forty one, May 76. And all these issues, by the way, I, I bought them, um, out of a bin. Cause I'm trying to collect a run of house of mysteries. I'm trying to collect all the horror stuff from one seventy four up. And yeah, uh, so I'm buying them at chunks at a time whenever I see them at a show or whatever. Uh, and I have no idea what's going to be in them because they don't put any cover credits on them. They don't do it. So you crack an issue and it's like, oh, shit, Death Pulls the Strings is written by Bill Finger. Oh, this is the first Bill Finger work I've, I've ever read. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, oh, God. Uh, so this is written by Bill Finger and drawn by uh, Nestor Ridondo. Um, this God is a damn. story about a uh, a guy. It's fucking wild, Jason. It's about a guy who's a puppeteer and uh, started having success after he was fired from the circus. And then he dressed up three people who were I don't know what the I don't know what the proper name is midgets uh little people little people yeah you don't you don't want to say that other word well the reason is because they use it in the story so it's like fresh in my brain because it's 1976 yeah Um, yeah yeah so i wasn't sure of what to call the anyway so he takes these three little people and he dresses them up like marionettes and then he becomes like everybody loves the story the the stuff he's doing the show the marionette show because they're like, oh, they're so lifelike, you know, because they're actual people. Yeah. And or no, one, no, one, no one really catches on, 
you know, the circus goes bust. He's doing this show and he, the show gets really successful. And then he gets drunk with power and he's like, dance for me, you idiots. Like, <laughs> like I'm your God kind of thing. And then the almighty reaches down and lightning strikes him <laughs> for his hubris. It's very good. There's a lot of Jason. There's a running theme of like rich people get comeuppance. People with hubris get comeuppance. It's comeuppance all the way down on these books, Jason. <laughs> I also read uh, issue 250, February 77, another Alex Nino story, uh, Coffin for a Killer. That was uh, Robin, Robert Knightler and Alex Nino. I don't necessarily remember that one. What is that, 250? I read, I read, a, I read a good chunk, and there are only like, um, like 10, 12 pages per story. So it's easy yeah. for, for them to kind of like just uh, roll down your back kind of thing. Oh, well, no, I mean, that's a, I, I was listening to something today where someone, where someone was like um, <clears throat> on a podcast, someone was like, well, come on, you can't expect someone. He's like, listen, he's like, I have some like favorite books of mine that mean a lot to me that I can't just like quote directly from a page. Sure, you know, sure. Like, you might have like really liked the story, but like you're not always gonna like, yeah, um, have that recall. This was uh, about a guy who I, I just looked it up. It's about a guy who he wants to be like very rich, and so he moved to America. He wants to be very rich. He has a couple friends who are also immigrants, and he's like, "I'm gonna be rich, and I'm gonna tell you how. I'm gonna marry." the witch from our old village back in Europe and bring her over here. And then she's going to use her magic to make me rich. And, and they're like, why she's hideous. And, and he's like, cause I'm going to have money. And then, so he does that. She comes over, she uses her magic to get him uh, a lot of success. She's like killing the people who are above him at the factory. So he <laughs> just keeps getting promoted basically. And then eventually the turn happens of him being like, uh, I, I, I don't love you. This is, but you're married to me. So you're obligated to this and, and like, you got to stick with it. And the, the witch, uh, you know, takes her revenge and the guy dies. And the, the whole thing was, is that he wanted the biggest funeral in the, in the town. Like he, that's what he wanted. He saw it as a status symbol. And he falls into a pit of, uh, molten lava, uh, not lava, uh, steel. Cause he's working at this factory. And so, He's his coffin is just a big block of steel because they can't cut him out of it. And so the spectacle attracts a bunch of people. <laughs> oh, man, that excellent. That, excellent. That's, some, that's some great Twilight Zone shit. Right there. A lot of it feels very Twilight Zoney. Um, yeah, yeah. The last one I read was 259. This was July slash August 78. And the reason it was both is because they would occasionally do this thing where they would do rather than an, a 22 page issue for a quarter or 12 cents or whatever um, they do an 80 page giant for a dollar so you got like a ton of stories you got multiple canes game rooms so you got a bunch of gags um, you got uh, a bunch of stories from a lot of different people the ones that I really liked were um the Vampress of Central Park by uh, Don Glut and Juan Ortiz. This is about a vampire woman who looks a lot like the Black Queen from the X Men. All right, and she's and she's turns this guy who tries to rob her uh, into a vampire, and then is just causing chaos in Central Park because Central Park in you know 1978 is a crime infested den of sin. So. <laughs> So she's just like eating people, feeding on, on people. And yeah. then so the guy turns into a vampire and then he gets with his boys and he's like, yo, this crazy lady like tur like messed me up. We got to get her. And then so that so <laughs> there's this great panel where she's in her full like leather clad cape, like in like, you know, wo confident woman. Like, yeah, what we, what we do the yeah, what we do in the shadows get up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bondage gear, basically. And then yeah. 
<laughs> the boys roll up and he's like, that's the woman that, that like kicked my ass. Like we got to get her. And then one of the boys, one of the guys is like, man, that's the hottest woman I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Jason. It's, so it's she just kills, guys being dudes, man. It's just, just guys, guys being, being dudes. dudes. Uh, <laughs> th- she kills, uh, fights him off. The guy turns and he's like, I'm going to stake you. And she's like nuts to that. She turns into a bat and leaves, you know? And then he's like, wait a minute. What am I supposed to do? Sun rises. Dudes melt. Dude melts. <laughs> it ends with cops being like, I don't know what the fuck happened here. <laughs> um, uh, the last one I will bring up is Jack of Diamonds. This is by Bob Tume and uh, Ruben Yandok. This is also in that that double issue that has the Vampress of New York, uh, 259. This is a guy who uh, is has a gambling addiction and his wife has an inheritance and he's basically spent the last of it. And he's like, oh, this was like a sure thing, like gambling. I had a system, you know, like and yeah. then the devil comes to him and is like, is like, you want to you want to uh, sell your soul? And he and he's like upset because. You know, he lost the last of the inheritance and his wife is going to be destitute and he cares about his wife, but he has this addiction. So he's like, I just want to be able to win back the the money that I lost, you know, and the, the devil's like, I'll make it so you win every time at gambling. You'll win every time. And he's like, sweet. And he's like, what will it cost me? And he's like, your soul. And he's like, sweet, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> so he's like, I just want to win, win back the, the money that I lost. So he does that. Devil comes to collect. And the wife is like, wait a minute. If he's going to win every time he gambles, is he even really gambling? <laughs> and the, the devil's like, a technicality. You got me. He's free to go. <laughs> uh, uh, man. I, I, I love a good I, I love, love a good these issues. The devil. That's, yeah. that's re- those are all really good. I'm going to have to see if any of those are on the app i'm gonna try to search by there's a uh, there's a good chunk of house of mystery there's a good chunk of house of mystery on the app so that might be the that might be the best way to get it other than the showcase books um yeah the showcase books by the way are in black and white which is probably to their advantage i don't know what kind of paper they're printed on but i imagine that the showcase books from 2006 are printed a little bit better than the, you know, March 1969 book that I read <laughs> that the first work of Bernie writes in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, God, I have to look those. Those sounds like so much fun. That's it. Sounds They're, like so much fun. They like, so we talked about flinch in the previous pod. Yeah. Previous yeah. To read. Um, flinch hits and misses a lot. And I think it's because, Comic writers, modern comic writers, struggle to write a short story. Like it's harder for them to write a short one than a long one. Um, yeah. So, but these issues, man, I just feel like there was always a delight in there, whether it be like some old timey stuff or some stuff way out of left field or just a really good twist. You know, like there's always something in there. And then Sergio Argarni is doing like the the um, one panel or the strips for Kane's game room uh, that eventually gets taken over by Dave uh, Manick, who also does a great job with them. They're they're fun little. Ga- one of the gags was like Kane and Abel are walking through their through the House of Secrets or House of Mystery. And they're like, they're like, did you see that rat? Ugly vermin, foul. And they just like filthy animals they're they're just like going on and on and the rat is listening to them and it ends with the rat like taking a bath like in a very tiny bathroom (laughs) looking very stressed out like just just fun little gags you know that's great Um, that's great yeah yeah i I miss i miss backup stories i think that i think that even when we started getting into comic books that was like when they were starting to kind of taper off a bit Yeah. yeah And I think they by the time put, they still put backups in uh, Detective Comics right now, actually. Um, All right. I did a I did a few with uh, uh, Hayden uh, Sherman, 
who we worked on Blink together. We did a Two-Face story in there. That was a lot of fun because it was Two-Face going into his own mind. And so like, it's this wild, surreal thing that I got to do yeah. a lot of uh, 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 Cave Carson-like stuff to it. So it was yeah. a good time. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I think I think also, and now, and now I'm kind of catching myself though too, because like, I think the other thing is that like, you know, when, when House of Mystery and House of Secrets were coming out, like comic books in America as like an industry, as a market yeah. was like way, way bigger. And so you could have like a few books with like, you know, oh, you're the editor on this anthology series that's going to run for 300 issues. Right, right. It's you, a different you know, time for sure. Yeah, because they... Cause like, I'm sure it was never like their best selling book, but like they probably looked at it for like, you know, it ran that long. Cause they're like, yeah, all right. It's making us money. You know? Right. It was like, it's not, it's not losing money. So we're going to keep doing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So like with, with like the market being like so much smaller now, there's just like mm-hmm. not as much mm-hmm. space to like go out and like get that and like get like writers who will write stories like that, you know, or. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I I felt like the the hits versus misses were far better for this than uh, anything modern that I've read that's been like a quote unquote horror anthology, except for maybe um, the Silver Coin was pretty pretty stacked uh, with like, but that was like single stories per issue, so they had a lot more room to play. Um, like what I was saying with Flinch. Flinch is really hit and miss. Like the Bruce yeah. Tim story is excellent. The Jim Lee story is not very good. And yeah. uh, hmm. I don't know. House of Mystery just, I, it works for me. Also, yeah. little little quick, quick little addendum to reading House of Mystery. When you open up those bags with newsprint comics from, uh, you know, 1973, they have a, they have a smell, Jason. They have a, they have a newsprinty smell, but also a smell of like time, you know. I love that smell. I, I so love you I like was, used bookstore smell. I yeah yeah fucking love that smell. So when I was when I was getting through the eighty page giant, it might have been a hundred pages. Now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember. Um, the the big one. It's a lot of text, so I'm like putting the book down, and it's old, and I don't want it to get ruined, so I don't bag and board it because I don't want to lose my place. But I'm like setting it gently on like a, a table out of the way so that like it doesn't get you know the, the dog doesn't get into it or whatever. And it made the room in my home smell like newsprint. It was like Shannon walked in was like, "What is that smell?" And I'm like, "That's comics, baby." <laughs> <laughs> wake up and smell the comics man hell yeah hell yeah and this pod is going live the last weekend in september the last sunday in september so i figured why not amp into spooky season i might read some more spooky comics uh before for the two read pile in the next couple two reads so yeah and maybe maybe i'll shoot for for some some spooky stuff yeah. Some some horror things. Researching this House of Mystery book was an animal, by the way. And and I, I hope you appreciate the work I put in. No, I did. Well, that's why I said, like, I don't I, I didn't even I was you totally don't have to go through all the you just gave a history. Yeah. This of, is like, the this is why we're series. recording on Wednesday and not Monday, because I like started this and I was like, oh no. <laughs> what have what have I done? What have I done? Why did I tell them? Why, why did I think I could do this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was it the, the the gag I always return to of um, my favorite commentary on creativity, which is a uh, Fry in Futurama explaining why he only wrote one page of dialogue for the TV show, you know? And he's like, oh, oh, yeah. it, took me, it took me an hour to me, write. I thought it would take an hour to read. An hour to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's so it's like good. I, I thought I could just write a quick history. <laughs> <laughs> about, this. Uh, about House of Mysteries and yeah. DC Comics in general. <laughs> yeah, and, and I wrote two sentences, and I was like, "Well, if that's all I say, I'd be a dick." And now I'm two yeah. pages in, and I'm like, "Shit!" 
<laughs> so yeah. if you want to pick up, I, I highly urge you to pick up House of Mysteries. If you're able to get to a comic shop and get into some long boxes, it's difficult to find because they're so old. Your average comic book store that's been around for the last like 15 years is not going to have them usually because, yeah. you know, they didn't stock them in 1973. And so they don't have them now. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's not like, you know, they're around. So uh, well, do you, do you know of any like um, be, because there are like smaller shops that I'm sure have like these laying around like you know yeah could, like, like, maybe, I, like I bought, throw out a few like recommendations because they, they probably sell them online too like i bought some yeah 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 ebay auctions are, like buying a lot of uh, just random house of mystery books and none of them you can read them all independently out of order it doesn't matter yeah so yeah. like just buying a lot on ebay is probably the best way to go if you want the single issues um but ask around your local comic shops, maybe hit a convention. Conventions might be a little better for older books, depending. At least, like, you could be able to find a place that has a lot of older books and ask them if they have any House of Mystery at their shop that they could mail you. Stuff like yeah. that. I, I, um, always th I always think of this is how old I am, is that when I was a kid, I dreamed about going to San Diego Comic-Con because I was like, man, I can find all the issues of stuff that I can't find anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. Even a second printing because I didn't care about the, like that's sure. because I knew Sandy. I'm like, you could fucking find it there. Yeah. You know? Right. It's like, that's, uh, that's all, that's all it meant to me. <laughs> so, so I'm hunting it down in long boxes, which is, uh, I'm, I'm only, you know, like I have like 13 issues of house of mystery and like, uh, 10 issues of house of secrets they not only are they uh tough to track down but sometimes if they're in better condition they go for a pretty penny and yeah. like uh house of mystery has the first appearance of swamp thing which i am probably never gonna find in a bin um so it is what it is so uh like i said your best bet is to either get on the app and see what they have uh and if you dig it uh in 06 that if you type in like showcase house of mystery into eBay, you will find many listings for, uh, the, you know, phone book sized, uh, house of mystery stuff, three volumes, pick it up. It's awesome. Oh yeah. Get that on. A as a, as a, as a side note, I haven't, I haven't read these, but in chatting about house of mysteries and posting, uh, stuff in the discord, uh, buddy of mine was like, Yo, Fanagraphics has put together some amazing collections of like the EC comic stuff centered around uh, specific artists. So you can yeah. just buy like just the Wally Wood stuff or whatever, whatever you're yeah, looking I for. Have, yeah, I have the, I have the, I think the Wally Wood one and the Harvey Kurtzman one. Um, There's one that's out of print, but all the other ones are in print still. Yeah, uh, yeah, those are great. So those can, are fantastic. You can easily get those, and uh, they're they're probably going to get that horror fix as well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe I'll read that again for the for the next two read. Always yeah. always down for some for some Harvey Kurtzman. Always down for any EC. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I've really loved going through these because like there's a lot of artists that I'm not personally familiar with because it's just like out of my wheelhouse too old for me um yeah. i know are really great like i got to read that bill finger stuff uh there's also like a michael golden story that i read i've never read any michael golden stuff before um there's a joe kubert cover that is exceptional out of the stuff that i read uh joe kubert this cover man it's two people investigating an open sarcophagus in like the the distance and then the mummy lurking in the darkness in the in the foreground and the way that he drew it it's almost like he cut the cover into two panels so it told a story it's beautiful god damn yeah joe kubert turns out he knew yeah. how to make comic books yeah yeah who 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 knew who knew that who joe knew kubert was a really <laughs> really good artist <laughs> Well, that's that's all I got. I just been chipping away at some House of Mysteries and trying to read the comics that I've been picking up since last year. Well, I just wrote a little history 
of this book. (laughs) No Sandman Mystery Theater, no extra stuff, just House of Mysteries all the way down. Yeah, well, I mean, thank you, because I would have felt like a piece of shit (laughs) if you were like, okay, with that out of the way, so... Here's the synopsis I also wrote about Sandman Mystery Theater. <laughs> and this biography I wrote much. on Matt Wagner. Much. I'd be like, no, no, all right, man, fine. I'll <laughs> I'll step up my game, I guess. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to reading uh, more House of Mysteries and more House of Secrets and trying to find them in shops. I'm trying to find them. I'm trying to not go on eBay and only, like, pick them up in the wild. But... I, I don't know. At some point, I may just have to grin, grit my teeth and get on eBay and just pay some eBay prices. Yeah, you, you can probably time it. You know what I mean? You can be like, oh, it's been this long since I've been like near a shop. Sure. So like you can justify sure. like and, and, and plus I, if you're, buy, if you're buying on all, eBay, you might be buying from a shop from somewhere. Yeah, that's true. You and know. I've picked all the shops clean in my area. And that's kind of the problem is like now it's like, oh, I have to put 100 miles on my car if I want to buy like six comic books, you know, oh, in, 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 per, in perfect spooky fashion. I'm just imagining you as like as like a vulture just outside yeah. of like a comic book <laughs> shop, just like just, staring sh- in. Yeah, shuffling and, yeah, around a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they come over with a broom. They're like, you already got all the house of mystery. Get out of here. Get, get out of here. Get get. Jason, where can people get in touch with you? They can still uh, on Twitter for for so far at uh, King of Black Acid uh, and at uh, World's Second Finest. It's World's Second with a two. Uh, Nick just gave me an invite code for Blue Sky. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm King Black Acid over there, but I haven't done anything with it yet, other than register. I'm still sure. still building that out. Uh, and where can they find you? Nick? They can find me at uh, Linktree.com/slash Nickfil. It's got all the links for Discord for my my Twitch. I just recently colored a. Uh, Etrigan Constantine thing on Twitch uh, by uh, Gavin Gidry. Great artist. A lot of fun coloring that. You can also uh, find me on Blue Sky. The Blue Sky link is up there. I've been posting on Blue Sky a little more than X. Jason, should I call it X? Are we just... No? no? no. Okay. I've been posting a little more on Blue Sky than Twitter, only because Elon's a shitbag. But... uh, Yeah, fuck that nerd. It is what it is. Uh... Yeah, so all my links are up there. Also, I will be at um, Asheville Beer City Comic Con at the end of September, which I'm just now realizing. If you just listen to that House of Mysteries ramble, you're realizing that I'm going to be at Asheville Beer City Comic Con on the last day of Beer City Comic Con. So uh, you you better put on the running shoes and get over here. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh yeah, so uh, you can catch me there. Um, I'm going to be on a panel with Rico. We're going to talk about color, and I'm also going to be selling books. I actually pulled out a lot of – I went through a lot of comps and pulled out – DC sends me a lot of hardcovers and stuff that like I'll have like a little story in but like not a ton. I'm going to deep discount those things and try to move them. So if you're into picking up some hardcovers, they're going to be like 10 bucks a pop, you know, just trying to get them out of, out of my hair. So. Nice. Come to Beer City Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, thanks everyone for uh, listening. <laughs>